0: Welcome to Piedmont Arts. I'm Rachel Stewart. This season, the Salisbury Symphony is auditioning candidates for music director. And at their March 9th concert, called Enchanting Sounds, Michelle DeRusso will conduct and audition for the role. DeRusso is originally from Argentina, and she is currently associate conductor in her second season with the North Carolina Symphony. She's a former Conducting Fellow of the Chicago Sinfonietas Project Inclusion Program and the Dallas Opera Heart Institute. This past summer, she was a Conducting Fellow at the Lucerne Festival Academy. She holds a doctoral degree in orchestral conducting from Arizona State University, and she joins me today on Pibon Art. So welcome, Michelle.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me to do this.
0: I'm just curious, uh, what is one of the first things you do when you're working with an orchestra for the first time? You're kind of coming in, I'm assuming that you're coming into the Salisbury Symphony sort of cold. What is the first thing you do, like when you, you first meet with them face to face?
1: Yeah, so first rehearsal, I like to just play. And so I'm like, let's go, you know. Uh, I don't think that. I need to say much at the beginning, Um, a lot of it will be resolved by my gesture and by getting to know each other while we're making music together. And I think that's the best way to get to know each other than talking, especially because we're all musicians, right? And that's our language. So I like to just get straight into music.
0: Is it any different for you since you're auditioning for a music director role? Does it feel different to come in?
1: Yeah, because I feel like we're both trying to get to know each other and see if we're a good fit. And sometimes you know right away and sometimes you don't and you have to go through the whole uh, experience, right? And sometimes it goes really well at the beginning and then the concert is not that great. So I think these positions are tricky because they're all about a good fit. I don't think it's specifically about who's the greatest conductor, or musician, I think it's the orchestra. Does the orchestra work well with this person? Do Does this conductor bring the best out of the musicians in front of them? And so that's why it's essential to do this week with the orchestra, because, you know, we've been doing interviews and talking about what would be my vision or my plan for the orchestra, but then it gets down to do you get along, <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, so I'm excited. It's always, I a mean, bit nerve wracking, you know, it's like going on a blind date <laughs> until you get there, right? You're being set up, <laughs> but I'm excited. Everything has been really amazing with the organization so far. So I can't wait.
0: Well, speaking of your vision and all of that, how have you answered those questions?
1: They're kind of hard to answer sometimes because we're basing ourselves off information that maybe we have of the organization, but that we don't really know yet and so I think that all of these ideas of where I think the orchestra can go and what kind of repertoire we can do and how we can engage with our audiences will make more sense once I'm there once I've worked with them and seen if they're excited about the music I have programmed also when we do the concerts to see what's the reaction of the audience so this week is crucial for many, many reasons, not only for the musicians. I'm also thinking if this is a good fit for me, right? If I can carry out my artistic ideas specifically for me, I'm very interested in community building and reaching out to audiences. So I'm, I'm curious how I can expand on that area.
0: And you may not be able to answer this if you haven't really been able to spend much time in Salisbury yet. But, you know, Salisbury is a, I guess you'd say a, a smaller city, in North Carolina, but it has an orchestra. And I'm um, just curious what uh, you, if you have any thoughts about the role that an orchestra can play in a city of that size, not every city of that size has an orchestra.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's a gem, you know, and I think it needs to be taken care of properly. Um, I think the orchestra has been there for 50 years plus, Yeah, which is, wow, it's incredible. And in my role as associate conductor of North Carolina Symphony in Raleigh, we do a lot of runouts around the state. So I have been to very small cities, even smaller. That <laughs> so is very and I know that it's not as common to even have a space where you can play that it's appropriate for a professional orchestra, right? So I find this such an incredible opportunity to help expand the role of the orchestra in the community. And I think that's why it's so important to have an orchestra, right? It's a place where we gather as a community, where we share experiences, well, where we reflect, even if we're not talking to each other, maybe we're experiencing a concert. I think it opens up our imagination and our way of relating to each other. And so I wanted to continue to be that and to bring even more people in that maybe haven't felt like they belonged into the concert hall. And that is also part of my personal mission as a person, you know?
0: Well, I did want to ask you about um, girls who conduct, which is uh, maybe a little different from bringing people into the concert hall, but it is about including people and making sure that people have opportunities in classical music. You want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So girls who conduct started during the pandemic and, we were six female conductors from different areas. Some um, I was more in the orchestral professional side of conducting, but we also had some band conductors, some choral conductors, orchestral conductors that were teaching at university, somewhere in academia. And you know, during the pandemic, there was nothing to do. We were all quite bored <laughs> and isolated. And this profession, I find it—it's by nature quite isolating and lonely in the sense that. You're just working on your music, preparing for your next engagement or orchestra you're going to be working with. But sometimes we don't talk enough with our colleagues. And I think that that's what we were thinking about. And it made us think, how did we start the conducting? What things could have helped us if we had uh, known about conducting earlier on? And so that's how we came with the idea of Girls Who Conduct as a way to empower younger women and girls that are still in high school or about to graduate high school that maybe have the urge, or they've been told by someone oh you maybe could do this you know because we all felt like we started because someone really empowered us and encouraged us to pursue conducting and so we did a series of courses that were online where we just talked about the different aspects of conducting and what it involves so We would go from, of course, technique, as much as we could through video, right? Uh, And score studying, but we also went into what are the jobs you could get as a conductor because it doesn't have to be only orchestral, right? Like there's so many options, but I think that you don't know when you're starting if you could actually have a job as a conductor, right? So we wanted to put everything on the table for them. Uh, We also talked about how to get... Videos to apply for workshops for universities, which are crucial because otherwise if you don't have that material, it's impossible To apply to anything and of course it takes time to gather it. It takes time to get good at it right? And so we just gave them all the tools and we know some of them are wanting to pursue Conducting as maybe their professional career or path in life and some decided that they didn't and that was the whole point they was to Give them just the option that if they wanted, they could do this and what it was all about. And so, yeah, the idea is to continue the mission of empowering women at a stage in their lives where we think that that's where you're doubting if you could take a role in leadership or not. And so encourage them to say, yes, you can do this. Now, do you want to do it? That's your choice, right?
0: How do you identify these women?
1: We did a series of applications where they had to submit videos if they had if they didn't, because we knew it was in such an early stage, we made them um, like air conduct or conduct a piano just to see what, what was their level, not really to judge anything else, so to, to see how much they knew about it. And then we asked for a video in their instruments, because you can tell a lot about how they feel music, how they express themselves, and also their level um, in music in general, right? And then we made them write a statement about why they're interested in conducting. So we tried to identify people that clearly felt like they wanted to know more, they were interested in knowing more, and maybe they were on the fence about it, or some that were already much on their way to wanting to do this. And so helping them, maybe some things they knew already, but others helped them be like, oh, maybe they could be better in this way, or my technique, I could work on these things. So I, I want to say that I, I hope everybody got something out of it, regardless of the level. And we also adjusted our courses to different levels so that they could all work in. We had breakout section, sessions, which is something you can do on Zoom. So we would separate them in three levels and work with different people on different phases.
0: Is it still going on? Right now we're on pause because
1: we're so busy, that <laughs> it's gotten out of hand for all of us. But we have a very active social media page where we keep posting facts about female conductors and also trying to give exposure to more female conductors because sometimes you just don't know about them. It's not like they don't exist. But I'm hoping that we can plan something for next year. But yeah, all of, all of our careers are getting really busy, but we're still really passionate about it and we, we're still trying to make something happen.
0: Well, Let's talk a little bit about the program you're going to conduct yeah. when you come to Salisbury. Can you just tell us a little bit about, uh, we don't have a ton of time, but just a little bit about the program works and did you choose the program?
1: Yes, I did. I mean, it was common, in combination with the organization, of course. You know, it's always based on what our instrumentation um, and what is our budget. So it depends on rentals and things like this. But I feel like I had a lot of freedom in choosing what I wanted to do. So you're going to hear Piastola, Tangasso, Sinsons, Piano Concerto Number no. 5 with Laurence quinet on Piano. And then Scheherza by Rimsky-Korsakov. And the title is Enchanting Sounds because... I feel like all of these three pieces bring, for me, melodies and sounds that when I hear, I just can't stop thinking about or uh, they get just stuck in my head. They're so hypnotic in some way. Um, and they're all inspired on some kind of folk music or Middle Eastern music in some ways. Uh, these composers were inspired. So the first one, of course, Piazzolla is tango and it's Argentinian music. And I just wanted to share something with the audience and the orchestra that is mine and my culture and so this piece you're gonna be maybe surprised that at the beginning it doesn't sound much (laughs) like tango but eventually it gets into some tango rhythms and i think it's really interesting and it's a piece that it's not played very often and it really features a smaller ensemble so it gives an opportunity to really hear some beautiful solos and then well the same song of course the song was inspired by a trip to egypt And so same thing, I feel like you're going to be surprised. You're going to be like, where is the influence here of this melody that you would expect if you travel to one of these countries? And it really doesn't come out until the second movement. And then you can hear it, but it still sounds like a song. You know, it's very French and very transparent in some ways with beautiful melodies and harmonies. And some some places, I feel like it sounds like Carnival of the Animals. So if, if any of you know this piece for two pianos and a smaller ensemble. I feel like you're going to be like, oh, I can hear it, this repetition on the piano in a high high range. And then, of course, Scheherazda Rimsky-Korsakov based on the tale of the Arabian Nights with so many solos that feature the orchestra. And I feel like this is a good opportunity for me to... Feature them, you know, because the orchestra is such a core part to the organization, to the community. And I thought this was a wonderful opportunity to give them the space to really show off and show what they got. And yeah, and so that's why it's called Enchanting Sounds. And we have all of this beautiful melody. So I have to say, it's one of my dream programs because it's just going to be so much fun. And I hope that everybody likes it as well. So I guess we'll see. <laughs>
0: Well, I want to thank you so much, uh, Michelle DeRusso, for talking to us today and, um, and and giving us a little background about you and about the program. I've been speaking with Michelle DeRusso. She is, um, right now, associate conductor in her second season with the North Carolina Symphony, and she's a candidate for the music director role at the Salisbury Symphony and will be leading a concert called Enchanting Sounds March 9th at Salisbury. Again, thank you so much Michelle for your time. Of course,
1: thank you. See you there.
0: For Peabody Arts, I'm Rachel Stewart.